Hello, and welcome back to Second Operator, the live stream podcast dedicated to portable synthesizers and Dollis music. I am your host, Shines. It is super nice to be back here for episode three. I feel like I'm finally getting into the swing of things here, for real. A huge thank you to the community that is steadily growing here on YouTube as well as on Instagram. And we're on Apple Podcasts now. That's right, the full, nicely edited audio version of this live stream can be enjoyed offline on the Apple Podcast app. Currently working on getting onto Spotify next, so stay tuned for more information on that. Speaking of the community, um, it's been really awesome seeing new people pop up that I've never actually met before, even in my three years on Instagram. I'm really looking forward to meeting many, many more people in the Dallas Instagram community, as well as in person eventually. Speaking of which, if you are in the Raleigh area of North Carolina, I will be attending the Meat and Bleep Synthesizer event on Friday, May 5th at the Mecca restaurant starting around 6 p.m. I'll actually be playing a short set on OP1 along with a small vocal effects box, which I'll be using as a vocoder. The event itself is geared towards anyone who is interested in standalone and modular synthesizers and wants to come out and meet folks in the Synthhead community here in North Carolina. There's gonna be food, drinks, synthesizers. I mean, it's going to be a great time. So anyway, May 5th in Raleigh. You can find out more information at Meet and Bleep on Instagram. We have a great episode for you today. We're going to be talking to Josh at North Game Studio, someone who I've been following for quite a while now, but have finally got the chance of speaking with. We're going to get into the interview in just a minute after today's news. The NAM Show 2023 has now officially ended and has presented us with some pretty amazing new synthesizer gear. We talked a little bit about the PolyEnd Tracker Mini last week, but the Cascadia, a brand new semi-modular synthesizer from Intelligel, has been making some incredible waves this week. It's a larger sized, relatively thin, gray rectangular box that has a ton of small faders and knobs on it that beginning with the oscillators, give it a very fluid, very flexible looking interface. According to musicradar.com, it's got over 100 patch points and can produce sounds reminiscent of both East and West Coast synth. Synths, it's a hard word to say. The Cascadia comes in at 2149 USD and is now available to order. And I gotta say, this thing looks like an absolute juggernaut. I mean, judging by, judging by its rounded encapsulated edges, it doesn't seem to be Eurorack mountable, but honestly, with over 100 patch points and a whole bunch of wave options, this is looking like the only synthesizer you will ever need. Um, of course, we all tell ourselves that, don't we? Uh, really looking forward to seeing what everyone creates on the Cascadia. Moving on. Eventide, company creator, uh, company that creates the very popular reverb pedal, the Blue Sky, and the other pedal, the Big Sky, have released their next generation H90 Harmonizer pedal. This pedal might be intended for guitar players. Um, I know Eventide products are seen in a lot of uh, guitar stuff out there, but I've also seen them used a lot with synthesizers. They do pair up quite nicely with synthesizers like the Subharmonicon from Moog to create these vast ambient pieces. Um, I'm really interested to see what someone could do with a harmonizer attached to their single voiced synthesizer. So if you are interested in getting into some crazy harmonic stuff, this might be a pedal to look into. And lastly, Artiphone has released their smallest, sorry, their latest small synthesizer instrument, the Orba 2. 
You might have actually seen the original Orba on several folks' Instagram accounts. It looks like a smary, uh, very small round drum, if you haven't seen one before. It's got a circle of eight sort of almost like pizza slices, uh, pads at the top to play various loops, melodies, synthesized drums. It seems this new version is adding a sampling engine. So combined with the phone app, you'll be able to take this thing everywhere, record sounds with your phone, load them into the Orba 2, and then create amazing sampled loops right there on the device. Apparently you can also use this as a MIDI controller, which is pretty nice, and it comes in at 149 USD. So that's all the news we have for today. And next we're gonna move into our interview. I would like to give a very warm welcome to Josh from North Game Studio. Solo game developer, absolutely incredible pixel artist and OP1 musician. Hey friends, North here, I'm doing all right. And how's everything on your end? You know, I actually forgot to ask you in the um, in our stream test the other day, where are you actually based out of? I'm in uh, Miami, Florida. I'm originally from Rochester, New York, uh, which is the exact opposite uh, environment. I'm now in Miami, so sunny Miami from uh, cloudy, gray, and cold Rochester. <laughs> from one extreme to another, I take it. Right. Wow. Yeah, how, yeah. how are things down there right now? They're great down here. Can't complain. I mean, we had a bit of rain for the past couple of days, but that's how, kind of how it goes down here. But now we're doing awesome. Oh, that's so good to hear. Um, so let's actually just let you introduce yourself here. Do you mind just giving us a little bit about your background in um, just as it pertains to music? Um, you know, maybe how, how it pertains to you moving around and getting into some of the things that you're into? Yeah, sure. So, um, you know, I grew up uh, a teen in the 90s, so I'm an 80s child. And in the 90s, uh, I grew up listening to grunge. Um, you know, so my my musical influence really stems from somewhere very different from what you probably hear if you listen to my music. But it came from listening to Nirvana, Pearl Jam, Alice in Chains, Radiohead, Rage Against the Machine, you know, that, that kind of music. Um, eventually, you know, that led me to pick up my first instrument, which was the guitar. And once I discovered the power chord and the distortion pedal, that was it. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. So that was your first instrument, you would say, was the guitar? That was my first instrument, yeah. Were you ever, um, like, take lessons, classically trained, any of that kind of stuff? No. No, never, never classically uh, trained. Um just everything I learned was by ear. You know, in the 90s, we didn't have the resources that we have today. You know, we didn't have right. YouTube. We didn't have the internet. You just learn by ear. You learn by playing with other people, uh, going to shows. So I was in a bunch of punk bands, and <laughs> um, that's kind of how I how I learned. And from there, the idea of learning by exploration has always been the best way for me to learn. That's really how I like to learn things. Cool. So you're still kind of making things by ear is what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Everything I do is, yeah. So sometimes it's definitely not right uh, for sure. Uh, but that's part of music, you know, for me, it's about emotion and going through, um, you know, the, the feelings of making music more so than it being right or wrong. Mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, music is a lot of people do say that music is just emotion set to sound, right? Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. Do you, remember when it first kind of clicked to you that you could write stuff that would, you know, carry emotion to it? No, I think I still, ha it hasn't clicked for me yet. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think I'm, it I'm has. Still trying to get there. Oh, that's a, 
I, actually, I do think it has. I mean, you do have an ear for melody. You have an ear for chord progressions and how they move things forward. Um, and I definitely want to get sort of into um, sort of that part of the conversation as well. Um, are you part of any bands or any kind of music projects now? No, not really. No, I mean, I I, I did that for a while. For mm -hmm. many years, I you know I I grinded through the music scene and and I played in various bands mm -hmm. and worked my way up to even working you know under the Sony music label and worked oh. in studios and recorded and you know after really exploring that that part of my life mm -hmm. um you know it's still fun you know i would love to still do it but um i prefer to just kind of do it on my own now cool yeah i mean music can be it, it is a very personal thing isn't it it is for me yeah wow so you actually worked for sony for a little while or you worked as like a I music mm -hmm. yeah i didn't work for them um but after playing with so many different bands, eventually you kind of work your way through, you know, your skill set changes and, and you end up getting into bigger bands, more recognizable bands. And eventually I worked with several bands. I worked with Sony. So I was part of, um, I guess, their rotation of musicians. So I, I would have access to like their rehearsal space, which is crazy. Their rehearsal space is nuts. And I would just be able to go in there and just play music. And eventually wow. they'll pull you out of it and put, put you in the sound room and you just record and, and they just keep whatever it is that you record that day and they slice it and use it in whatever music they want. It's weird. The music industry was weird in the nineties. That is crazy. Was this up in Rochester or was this in Miami? It was in Miami. Wow. That is, that's weird. It's like a, it's almost like a musical factory where they're just kind of like, siphoning oh, yeah. ideas out of out yeah. of people that sounds really um actually sounds kind of nefarious the way the way you've described it it's a hundred percent it's wow. like sony has their ability to have their own sample library basically wow but i guess they gave you the opportunity to i guess use some higher end equipment is that was that kind of the trade-off there oh yeah for sure i mean you get to uh meet other musicians mm -hmm. you get mm -hmm. to play other bands and you know, if something clicks for you, it's an opportunity for you to go on tour, you know, with, you know, being a touring member. So it has it has its its perks for sure. Damn, you are um, way more of a legitimized musician than than I have ever dreamed of being. No. That's incredible. Not at all. <laughs> really? Wow. I mean, that's still pretty incredible. Though. I mean, you got to go and I mean, if Sony is sending you on tour, man, that's pretty that's pretty. No, cool. I never went on the tour. No, not for me too much <laughs> that, that makes sense i mean it's it is uh, tour life i think could be really tiring and and everything um do, do you do much traveling these days no man i'm a dad um so the only nice. travel i do is whatever it is that you know whatever birthday party they have next that that's as far <laughs> as i go <laughs> oh man that's awesome because I, I was gonna say i mean if um that's cool that's that's cool that um you know, that you have that going on in your life. Um, and we'll get to some of the family stuff too. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of curious as to how you came to own and make music on your OP1. Wow, that's a that's an interesting story. So after, mm -hmm. after working as a musician for a bit, you know, and uh, spending a lot of my time trying to make that work eventually, um, and it wasn't for me, and I sold everything that I had except for my guitars. That's the one wow. thing that was the most personal for me. So I kept those. I still have those around. I still play them. And um, 
but it became something that I didn't want to pursue professionally anymore. I wanted yeah. to make music for myself and something that made me happy. So I moved on to a different career path and it wasn't until, you know, 20 years later, um, that I jumped into this weird game development hobby of mine that I really was inspired to make music for these pixel art scenes that I was creating and, and make, sounds for these scenes to really bring them to life. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't thought about ways to do that. So I tried different software synthesizers like mini bit and uh, BX or BFXR is I think is a free one. It's like a randomized chiptune sound creator. Ooh, I need but to write these down. Really, uh, yeah. BFX or BFXR. That's free. Cool. Really good. Minibit is like 20 bucks. It's a, it's an Ableton plugin. You can get it. It's a, it's a software VST, but it's nice. really great. Um, nothing really was as fun for me to use until I started going on YouTube and just looking for ways to make music or make sounds that were representative of what I was making, which is very eighties inspired retro games. And, um, op1 videos came out because um you can't go on youtube and search for synths and not see an op1 video pop yep, up and yep. at the time this was when red means recordings uh jeremy uh his 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 videos on op1 were at its peak so of course i saw them and i and I, when i saw the op1 i just knew like this is it like this is everything that i've been looking for nice but you know, Jeremy's a musical genius. So yeah, of course <laughs> it works for him. There's no way if I ever bought this thing that I could make it work for me. It works for him because of his musical genius, not for me. So I, and that also it was discontinued at right, that time. Right. It, it was discontinued. I looked for one online and they were like $3,000. It was insane. Wow. So I remember I had a night where I jumped on Instagram and was just looking for other OP1 videos. And I came across Johnny B. Good's account. Yep. yep Johnny yep. B. Good is a great, um, uh, he has a great account and uh, he's a good buddy of mine. He, uh, and I saw that he had just gotten one. I think he, he had his first post. I was there and he posted, my wife just got me. this. I was like, Oh my God, he found one used. So cool. And I became friends with him online. Cool. And it was Johnny who, who, uh, really, uh, spent a lot of time talking to me online and, and really made me feel like, um, like I could pick one up. So as soon as they, they came out on sale again, they were being remanufactured. Right. Yeah. I immediately jumped on it. Oh, that's super cool. Did you order one online or did you go to some store to buy it? We don't have any stores in Miami about that. Uh, <laughs> so I ended up, you know, we don't have a perfect circuit. We don't have any of that here. So right. I, I bought one online brand new directly from te uh nice. right when they got back into manufacturing and um yeah and i love it oh I love man it. Do, you, do you remember the first thing you did with it as soon as you turned it on um i was completely overwhelmed but <laughs> <laughs> but it was uh yeah as soon as i found as soon as i found dr wave that was it that was my synth right there dr wave is always on every track i make um, and the majority of all my tracks are using just the built-in presets. I really don't have a large sample library at all. That's incredible. And um, mostly options from OP1. Wow. And for and for those um, out there that don't know, Doctor Wave, I believe, is the eight-bit or sixteen-bit sound engine on OP1. Is that 8 correct? Eight-bit sound engine. Eight-bit sound yep, engine. Yeah. 8 -bit sound engine. Uh, it's very lush. It's very bright. 
That's my my favorite go-to engine on the OP1. I try to make other stuff, but I always come back to having some level of Dr. Wave in there. That's super, super duper cool. I always imagine you were using the digital engine because sometimes I, f- I hear there's like some <laughs> weird overtones and stuff to it, but... I, you know, I think Dr. Wave is one of the least used engines on my OP1 and I, you're, you're really inspiring me to go in and explore it a little bit, you know, deeper and further because I see the interface and it's a bunch of like purple X's or something on your screen, right? And it's really... It's not a, it's not a great engine uh, to understand. (laughs) It's very randomized. The algorithm behind it is, uh, is very challenging. But that's okay for me because since I'm an ear player and everything I play comes from feeling and exploring, it kind of lends itself really well to that. So for for me, I just really enjoy just seeing what Dr. Wave is going to present me with. And if if it's a sound that I love, I'll typically save it as one of my presets so that I have some consistency in my my musicality. But for the most part, it's all Dr. Wave. It's all randomized and who knows what's going to happen. That is super duper cool. Wow. Um, so I noticed that you have an Instagram account where you post things about your video game as well as some of your Instagram jams. Um, and you also have an, a, a band camp that uh, when, upon exploration of it has just a ton of stuff up there. I mean, you have different genres, you have different albums up there. I believe you go by Transit FM. Is that correct? Yeah. So I started making music um, like that um, sort of around the same time I started my game development journey. And um Bandcamp I use more as like an online journal for music. Uh Transit FM is is kind of the the uh, name I had given myself as an artist when I was promoting some of my music. North Game Studio is definitely a, a, a bit more recognizable for for the game development stuff that I do. Yeah. Um so it, it's kind of like two different personas. Interesting. And um, I didn't really get a chance to go through every single track that's up there, but I'm assuming there's different genres of music, like ambient and more chiptune stuff. Is, do you have maybe a favorite type of music that you make? Oh, man. I mean, I love making chiptune stuff with like real punchy drums, you know, nice, like a real nice. bright drum. Um, I love putting in drones and arps and all these different, you know, sounds that that kind of ride a similar wave. Um those are definitely not the most popular songs that I've released. I think people tend to favor more of my calmer things, but mm-hmm. that's just the kind of music I love to make. Oh, that's super cool. And um, I see you're also using pocket operators. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. So I have the POKO, right? That's the, you know, uh, the, the, the sampler. sampler which yeah. Is, yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, I don't really use it for my music making as much. It's just a fun thing to have around to quickly nice. make music. Um I have the the arcade, which I've sampled some of the sounds off the arcade into the OP1. Uh, and then I have the robot, which is a really good, it has a really good lead synth sound. And I've actually, I think I've, I've posted a couple videos with the robot in it. I need to go check those out because that sounds amazing. I've um, On your Instagram, I mostly see your uh, video game updates, but I also see your OP1 videos. But I really want to check out some of your pocket operator stuff. That's super duper cool. Um, so you got your you OP1. Go back, you got to go yeah. back into that, into yeah. that library. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Wow. Do you have like a shout out album on Transit FM on your Bandcamp that you'd, you'd really recommend for people to get into? Not really, man. I mean, there's no, um, there is no target audience. There, there is no preparation for this. Um, you know, something that... 
I had to deal with uh, when I was playing music is mm-hmm. back in the day, you know, when I first started, there was a lot of polishing and production and, you know, playing the same progression over and over. And mm-hmm. now I, nowadays it's just, you just, I just put out whatever I come up with. I don't polish it too much. Some of it isn't great. Some of it's better than others. I think the boomer album is probably uh, my most favorite work right now, just because that's the one that I am creating with more intention. Like there's more thought behind that soundtrack because it goes along with a narrative, but everything else is very much a, just an experience and a journey of what I created at that moment. That's so cool. Is the boomer album going to be up somewhere for people to listen to? It's on my Bandcamp page. Now there's about four tracks. It's still an ongoing project. So I'm, I'm not sure how many tracks, you know, will come out of it. I think it depends on how long that game's going to be. Oh, that's super cool. And I'm actually going to play the trailer in just a moment here. Um, for those uh, listeners out there that don't know, Boomer is a brand new video game uh, created by North here that um, is yet to be released. I believe it's on pre-order right now. Yeah, you could wishlist it on Steam. Very it, cool. It's, it's still, still very much very pre-release right now. Very cool. <laughs> And the entire soundtrack, uh, from what you were telling me, has been made on OP1. Is that correct? Oh, I did everything on OP1. Um, The music is from the OP1. Um, All of the sound effects you hear, the coin pickups, the the way that you collect power-ups, the jumping sounds, it all comes from the OP1. In fact, if you go on my YouTube page, there is a a video, a very boring video, about how I made one of the... um, one of the sounds in Boomer, because someone had asked me, like, um, my oh, YouTube cool. page is, is mostly f- to share my process with people who ask nice. me. So somebody had asked me, hey, how do you make the music for Boomer? So I shared the, the sound production process, and I illustrate how I use the OP1, how I layer different sounds mm-hmm. together to come up with a cohesive sound that I use for a particular part of the game. Now there there is um maybe one or two tracks that were not done on the OP1 because mm-hmm. they they were donated by um by some fans of the oh, game. Oh cool. Um nice. I have this uh this guy named Enzaya. Um sorry, I'm still a little sick. This mm-hmm. guy named um Enzaya, E N Z A L L A is his Instagram handle and he was one of the first ones to reach out and say, "Hey, I love Boomer. Can I make a song for it?" And I thought you could do whatever you want with it, man. I mean, Boomer's meant to inspire people to step outside of their comfort zone. If it does that for you, then I'm happy. And he was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna make a song for it. And then he sends me the song and it totally blew my mind. Wow! Like this song is amazing. It's not at all what I had pictured for Boomer, but it fits so well. So I asked him if I could keep it in Boomer, and he's like, "Yeah, of course, it's it's for Boomer." Cool. Um, so I I have his song in there. I'm gonna give him credit for it at the end um, in the credit screen of the game because it's such a good song, and uh, and we still talk every once in a while online. But Inzai is actually like a real musician. So later on, I come to realize this guy's like a real musician. Like this guy has music out. He has, he's part of like the chill hop series. Like he has a song on the chill hop, like vinyl album. Wow. Um, so yeah, I'm really just shocked and, and um, really grateful that he donated one of his uh, incredible songs. So that's probably like the only song that's not on the OP one. And it sounds very different. That's than anything cool. I would. Well, that's exciting. Uh, like when, when players are getting to that level or that, that track, I mean, that's going to be, that's going to change the mood entirely. I'm sure. Shout out to Enzaya. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah, shout out to Nzaya. Yeah. And that's a great point you bring up. And that's exactly how I felt. Like, you know, what if everybody is playing this game, mm-hmm. they get used to the sound, and all of a sudden the song comes on that's different than anything else you've heard. It's definitely yeah. going to be a moment in the game that I think is going to resonate with people. Oh, man, I'm so excited. Well, let me go ahead and play the trailer. Uh, that way some of our viewers and our listeners can actually hear or you know see what this game is going to be about. Um, listen for the sound effects because I am just super excited about how these came to be. And I'm going to listen to it with fresh ears now, now that I know that it features Dr. Wave almost exclusively. So let's go ahead and play that. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about your video game creation history. And um, let's chat a little bit about being dads. Here is the Boomer trailer by Morphine. That was an absolutely incredible sonic journey that we've just been on here, along with the visuals that you've made. And honestly, you really are a fantastic pixel artist. Um, You know, a a lot of folks, I think, might discredit pixel art as not being like three dimensional or, you know, just a photograph with a filter on it. But dude, like you've really got the depth, the shading, this pink sunset hue thing going on that I think is really it's just a nice kind of a breath of fresh air when it comes to pixel art very beautiful thank you yeah and the soundtrack too man that was that was awesome and you can hear all the little little blips and little pops of uh boomer running around on the screen and jumping and stuff um the jumping is a a little reminiscent of sonic i would say like the little whoop whoop kind of sound yeah um oh that's awesome can can you tell us how you made that exact sound or is, is that the one on the video that you've described yeah, no, I can't. I can't tell you exactly how I did that. Um, that was uh, one of those nights where I was just exploring sounds, and that's just what came out of it that night. Um, I wish I had more information for you, but no, no, you know, no, that's how okay. OP1 works. And then you know, that, that's part yeah. of the struggles with OP1 for me is mm-hmm. that there's no way to really save what you're doing. I mean, you could save presets and stuff, but then they have these weird names and you don't really ever get to, So I lost that sound. I'll never be able to find that sound again. I did it once and my OP1 froze for the first time a couple months ago. I um, remember I had that. It, yeah, we had a we had a little had chat closer. about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had frozen. I, I had Aww, um I know. 
yeah, the battery died. I was remodeling my house. I put away my stuff. I finally take it out. The battery's dead. I charge it. It wouldn't power on. I had to do factory reset and I lost whatever was on it. Oh man. And you know, some of that, some of those sounds are on it. So hopefully, um, those sounds that are that you hear now in the game are saved, you know, in in the in the development environment. But I can't like edit them anymore. Like I can't go mm-hmm. back to the mm-hmm. OP one and fine tune them. Right, right, so, right. It, wow. You know, they're gonna remain the way they are. And the most I could probably do is is do some post processing on them. Yep, but yep, I yep, really yep. don't want to. I'm trying to keep it just all OP one. Nice. And by the way, I don't post process any of my music. I don't like import it into ableton or anything it, it just it's however it is on op1 wow so there's no um like compressor or limiter or like i don't know what you would call it like the the sprinkle of salt or whatever uh, on the back it's just literally what comes out of your op1 is what we hear that's it whatever's in the op1 i mean the op1 that's has brilliant. some like overall um like master limiters facts, yep, right? yep 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 mm-hmm. and i think it does a pretty okay job for what i'm for the kind of music i'm making at least you know i'm not i'm not trying to make pop music or anything like that Mm -hmm. that probably calls for different effects for what i'm doing it's perfectly okay so i just leave it as is wow that's super cool i love that i love that about the op1 actually it's it's whole it's an entire sort of studio in one um for really whatever it is that you want to make i i had a question about writing a video game soundtrack um I'm, i'm wondering you know because with video games you you can have a track run through a level, but do you need to do any kind of looping or, you know, how, how does creating a soundtrack for a video game differ from, let's say, just creating something for your songwriting or transit FM? Yeah. So when you're making music for a video game, looping Mm -hmm. is definitely something that um, is important, Mm -hmm. right? Um, You want your tracks to be able to play continuously for as long as somebody's in a level you don't know how long people will be in a level so there is a situation where if your track is only a minute long and somebody's in that level for two minutes that could be an issue so i'm i discovered that a bit into the middle of the process so some of my songs don't loop very well Mm -hmm. so some ways around it is um have an intro that slowly comes in and have an outro that slowly comes out and some of my tracks are like that. So even though they may not loop, they're um, they're graceful in how they exit and enter. So they can loop in that respect. Some other tracks that are a bit more punchy, OP1 is great for that because mm-hmm. it, it does lend itself to, to work as a looper with its start and end points. You're right. able to listen as you build the song, whether it's looping properly. So for that... It's perfect, which is one of the great benefits of having an OP1 is that you can hear what it's going to sound like on a loop. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I like that. So, I mean, even in the trailer just now, too, it starts with these really nice lush kind of chords and it does kind of end with a nice taper off. So I'm assuming that that's kind of a good example of this, you know, start and end of a level. And that is super, super sure. cool. Yeah. Do you um do you know how many tracks you're or levels you're planning currently for the game? Man, I would love to have like twenty to thirty levels. Um yeah. very short levels. You know, um back in the era, that's mm. kind of how it was. Like these retro games had like Sonic, you know, or Mario. They're like brief, short uh playthroughs, and that's very gratifying when you're playing you sit for 10 minutes and you play like five or eight levels. It feels like you're progressing. So I definitely want to have a lot of small levels in the game. That's awesome. And actually let's pivot towards uh, video game development here. I mean, how uh, can you tell us a little bit about how you got into video game creation from all the music stuff that you were doing? 
Um, really, it was just a desire to revisit something I wanted to do as a kid. Um, nice. You know, in the 80s, um, I again, I, you know, growing up in Rochester, I was indoors all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's winter all the time. <laughs> and Nintendo was huge. You couldn't go anywhere without hearing about Nintendo. So mm-hmm. as, a, as a kid, I mean, I'm sure every eight-year-old boy in the 80s wanted to build video games, too. And mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't until after I had my own kids that I saw kind of how... Uh, motivated they were and and how full of um, excitement they were about things. And it just reminded me of when I was their age, what I wanted to do. And it was to, to design something. And for me, uh, game development is um, it's a skill in all the things that are important to me, right? It's art, it's music, uh, it's narrative, storytelling, animation. Like it's so many different skill sets combined into one. Right. That that just, and it's so creative. It's such a, a, a big, creative um endeavor that it just really got me excited about doing it and and i've only been doing it for you know about two years now i mean mm-hmm. it's and i come from zero experience um so you didn't have so any background in coding or anything like that no i mean i have an it degree so wow it's not fair to say that i started from scratch mm-hmm. i have some development experience cool. but in in the 80s there would be no way to do anything like this right it was just, it was a mystery. A Nintendo cartridge was a mystery back then. <laughs> um, but, but now with YouTube, the internet and so many resources and it's all free. I mean, Unity's right. free. Anybody who wants to jump into this can definitely do it for very cheap. And I saw it as an opportunity to revisit a childhood dream and I have uh-huh. kids and why, you know, why not show them that you can do anything. That is awesome. It's actually a really good segue into, um, conversation about family. Um, I mean, I think it's incredible that you have the ability to make music, you do all this stuff with the, um, with your OP1, and you are building a game, which, you know, as you said, it is a cross-section of all the different art forms out there. I was just wondering, how do you structure your life to be able to create all these things that you do? That's a loaded question. <laughs> Sorry, um, it's a lot. I mean, I'm a new dad, I have one kid right now, and, you know... One of the reasons this podcast exists is because I needed something that was a little bit shorter, a little bit um, quicker, I guess, to get out in terms of, um, you know, music stuff that then, you know, long form YouTube tutorials. And that's really why I'm doing it this way. I really had to go through a bunch of changes, but creating something as vast and as complicated and in need of constant iteration like a video game, it's just... You know, I, I just want to say, you know, kudos to you, man, for like being able to do that. But do you have any sort of tips on structuring yeah, so, life? <laughs> let me tell you, I have yeah. I have three. I got a four year old, a six year old and an eight year old. Um, we have two dogs, two dogs as well. Yeah. Know, we have this, um, you know, we're we're a big family. So, I, you know, there's definitely and I'm a very dedicated dad. You know, I do spend a lot of time with my kids. I'm part of the PTA and everything. Yeah. So I, I, I think <clears throat> I think most importantly is really trying to prioritize what's important to you. Hmm. You know, uh, first and foremost, you know, I want to be a good husband. I want to be a good dad. I want to be involved in their sports. I coach their little league, um, take care of the family, take care of the dogs, take care of my day job, which gives me the stability I need uh, to be able to pursue these things. Mm-hmm. Everything else is going to be icing on the cake. So you have to be gracious with yourself, right? You have to give yourself the space to want to work on these passion projects. If you don't prioritize the things that matter to you the most, 
then the things you're passionate about will just become hurdles. So mm. if I'm not excelling in the things that are important to me, then I won't want to be creative. That's how, you know, having a healthy lifestyle is, it allows me to be my best creative self. Wow. So check in with yourself and give yourself, you know, um, mm-hmm. give yourself the patience and give yourself time to do things. Um, That's I know a lot of friends that they jump into game development and yep. they put a lot of effort into that. And if it doesn't work out for them, um, it comes at a big cost. You know, they've mm-hmm. sacrificed relationships. They sacrifice things that are important. So I say focus on those things first, right? Um and the way that I structure everything, you know, going back to your question is I use Notion a lot. And Notion is a free application. You can get this for your phone, your desktop, Mac, PC. Anyway. And it's like a note-taking application, but it also has a database backend. So you can build relationships between all your notes. Wow. And the way I structure everything I do is by having a very, very long to-do list. It goes from top to bottom, and it looks like a bunch of post-it notes of everything that I have to do in Boomer, whatever idea I have, whatever wakes me up at night, and I thought, ooh, I got to add this power-up, or I got to add this to my level, or nice. you know, somebody on Instagram said, you should have Boomer crouch. Never thought about that, so I'm going to add that to my to-do <laughs> list, right? Boomer should crouch. Yeah. So these are all things that people online... That's another thing too, you know, post online and get feedback from people. They'll mm-hmm. help you along the way. You know, reach out to a community... Of, of other game developers to keep you motivated wow. other musicians to keep you motivated and yeah. keep introducing you to new things and new ideas so i write everything down and then to the right of that to-do list is my up next to-do list mm-hmm. these are the things that i'm going to be working on next the after priorities. my long backlog wow and then after that is a list of in progress things i'm actually working on and that can't be more than four or five things at a time right so i typically work on that and then when I don't have time to work on my game, I'm working on that to-do list. I'm researching things from that to-do list. I'm adding additional resources, pictures, ideas. So I really don't have a lot of time to work on Boomer. That's why it's taking me so long. But, you know, 15, 20 minutes sometimes is all I get in an wow. entire week. Yeah. But it's a productive 15, 20 minutes. Yep. I'm organized. I have this to-do list. I spent all week kind of curating it. So when I do find 20 minutes, I, I know go exactly in with what an to intention. Do. Yes. I know exactly what to do. Wow. Right. And I never feel like I'm wasting time because when I don't have the time, I'm I'm building this to-do list. Right. Um so that's really helpful, you know. Yeah, that's um, great. and I think it's a great way to make sure that you're pushing through. Um, but yeah, prioritize the important things in life. When you have some time to sit down and work on your passion project, it's only going to be that much more rewarding. I completely agree. I love what you said, um, in the beginning is to be grateful, gracious, grateful for, um, the life that you do have that allows you to get to be able to make stuff. I feel like a lot of dads out there, they kind of go into sort of a panic. Um, they feel like, oh man, everyone else is making stuff. You know, I need to be creating something at every obtainable second. Um, Why am I not, you know, creating stuff? But in order to do that, I think the solid foundation has to exist. And it seems almost like you are organizing yourself to kind of calmly and methodically go through and work on, you know, one thing at a time so that you don't ever get overwhelmed because that really kills uh, productivity. And I think that's really solid advice for any, you know, 
just not just new dads out there, but really anyone who's trying to get something done. Um, and it kills uh, yeah. creativity too. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I mean, you can't just have inspiration whenever you, no. you know, whenever you have a free second. I mean, I like what you said about in the middle of the night sometimes, you know, <laughs> I absolutely, I get a lot of ideas that come to me on dog walks. So I'll just have to either like pull my phone out or something and, you know, quickly get something down or I'll do, um, I, I hate to say it this way, but like I'll download it into my wife, Lauren. <laughs> so I'll just be like, I got this idea, like here it is. And then we'll just kind of talk about it later on. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's another thing. That's another way to, I guess, kind of constantly get ideas down, but then to organize it in a way that you can then kind of go through a list, prioritize what needs to be done, I think is, is excellent, um, advice. That's really cool, man. I mean, I think that's a really good, um, sort of place to end things is, you know, giving people, um, the advice or the ability to, to take to really to take action and, and get things done, whatever it is that they're trying to do. So really, really cool. Um, so before we conclude, is there any other, you know, advice that you'd want to give to newcomers to the video game making world or to the Instagram synthesizer world? Um, you know, don't be afraid to post. Don't be afraid to be a part of the community. I think I became the most creative and the most productive when I, when I decided to start sharing my process, even though my process wasn't complete, mm. um, and be open to feedback, right? I mean, uh, it's always tough at first to think that maybe what you're doing is correct. And then little by little, you start recognizing that you could have done a better job. Mm. That's mm. all part of growing as a musician, as a creative person, put yourself out there, be part of the community, contribute. If you can help others that are starting, don't forget where you came from, right? Make sure you turn around and extend the hand out to the next person. And uh, I think that's the most important part of building any kind of supportive community for musicians, for creative people, um, is be a contributing member of it. Absolutely well said. Uh, before we close, do you have any current project shout outs or any upcoming stuff that you might want to uh, just do a little shameless plug for? <laughs> No, man, that's part of being a dad. You don't get to prepare for things like that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm working on Boomer. Um, yep. I haven't posted a whole lot on Instagram. I used to post very frequently, a lot, all the time. Mm -hmm. I, I stepped away from it just a little bit so I don't overburden people with Boomer because, honestly, that's really the only thing I'm working on, and I'm coding a lot, which is not always um, – um, you know, it's, it, it's not always fun to just look at code. Like, there's nothing exciting about just staring at code. Uh, but, you know, do me a solid, go wishlist Boomer on Steam, share it with friends. It's a fun project I've been working on for a while. Um, it's probably not the best game out there, but it, it's one that I've worked on and it's one that has inspired a, a good amount of people. And I hope it does the same for you. I hope it inspires you to go out and, and do something you're passionate about. Even if you don't know what you're doing, like me, you'll get there. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. That's the only plug I got. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And actually, Boomer does like for anyone who's a fan of fast-paced platforming where the controls feel really fluid and snappy and, and tight that's i think i think it is a very cool looking game for that thank you so much yeah and thank you so much uh, north for being on second operator here uh we're gonna close in just a minute um actually we're gonna close now <laughs> I'm new to this. Thank you so much <laughs> of course. for having me. Yeah. For having me be a part of this. It's really cool.
cool to be a part of your process. Thanks for following thank along and being a fan yourself. I'm a fan of your work too. So thank you for having me here. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, uh, Josh slash North. We will talk to you soon. We'll catch you on Instagram. All right. Thank you. All, all. right. Have a good one. Have a good one. You can follow Josh or North at North Game Studio on Instagram, and you can find all of his music at joshrivera.bandcamp.com. You can also find him on Spotify at Transit FM. You can just search for that in Spotify and get a few albums that are up there. All really, really awesome stuff. You've been listening to Second Operator. Thank you so much for joining us on the live stream and being part of this awesome community. If you want to get in touch with me uh, with any news or community shout outs, you can connect with me on Instagram at second.operator as well as on Twitter at second underscore operator. You can find us right here on YouTube at youtube.com slash at symbol second operator and eventually on every podcast platform in the universe. If you would like to support our show, we are on Patreon at patreon.com slash second operator. There's currently two tiers available and both tiers get a fancy second operator sticker. So if you're interested, please go check that out. It would mean the world to me if you did, because it also means I get a sticker and I would really like a sticker. Next week, we will be interviewing the very talented Daniela, a.k.a. Ella Violet, on her ambient music and her sound healing work, all the way from Germany. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for joining today. We will catch you next time.